Welcome to Star Wars and TN. Now hit the intro. What well you have? You are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and ready to flow. Clear your mind of what you know, and let the force be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what Darth Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would be joining us. What's going down far, far away, family? How is everyone doing on this first day of the week? We hope everything is going good on your side of the galaxy. Not much new out here on Outer Rim. For any of our listeners that also listen to Tuscan Radio, Drew was on Lightsaber Radio this Saturday, and we had a blast chopping it up with him. But he did get stumped by the Impossible Quiz. That dang quiz is the hardest quiz in the Star Wars universe. I haven't met a person yet that knows the answers to all these questions. It's like they come from some ancient Star Wars text that don't know one know about or something. I have listened to or read almost every Star Wars book in the galaxy, and I get stumped dang near every episode. If you think you can do better, feel free to try. It's at the end of every Saturday's show. But anyways, we have a story to get to, and I think there's no better time to do that than right now. So let's get to it. Given the shrillness of Galba's voice, Med was debating if this was entirely a good thing. Our next demand is the immediate abolition of the royal family and the surrender of all its estates to the elected representatives specified in item 3 of section 5, subsection C. Furthermore, fines and penalties shall be levied against... Please stop, Med said, holding up a hand. Mercifully, Galba honored his request. As I explained to you before, the Jedi Council can do nothing to grant your demands. I am not here to eliminate the royal family. I am only here to offer my services as a mediator in the negotiations between your group and the Doe nobility. They refuse to negotiate with us, one of the miners shouted. Can you blame them? Med countered. You killed the Crown Prince. That was a mistake, Galba said. We didn't mean to destroy his airspeeder. We only wanted to force it into an emergency landing. We were trying to capture him alive. Your intentions are irrelevant now, Med told her, keeping his voice calm and even. By killing the heir to the throne, you brought the wrath of the royal family down on you. Are you defending their actions? They hunt my people like animals. They imprison us without trial. They torture us for information and execute us if we resist. Now even the Jedi turn a blind eye to our suffering. You're no better than the Galactic Senate. Med understood the Minus' frustration. Doan had been a member of the Republic for centuries, but there had been no serious efforts by the Republic Senate or any governing body to address the injustices of their societal structure. Comprising millions of member worlds, each with its own unique traditions and systems of government, the Republic had adopted a policy of non-interference, except in the most extreme cases. Officially, idealists condemned the lack of a democratic government undone. But historically, the population had always been granted the basic necessities of life. Food, shelter, freedom from slavery, and even legal recourse in cases where a noble abused the privileges of rank. While the rich undone undoubtedly exploited the poor, there were many other worlds where the situation was much, much worse. However, the reluctance of the Senate to become involved had not stopped the efforts of those who sought to change the status quo. Over the last decade, a movement demanding political and social equality 
had sprung up among the lower castes. Naturally, there was resistance from the nobility, and recently, the tension had escalated into violence, culminating in the assassination of the Dome Crown Prince nearly three standard months earlier. In response, the king had declared a state of martial law. Since then, there had been a steady stream of troubling reports supporting Gelba's accusations. Yet galactic sympathy for the rebels was slow to build. Many in the Senate saw them as terrorists, and as much as Med sympathized with their plight, he was unable to act without Senate authority. We love bringing you more Star Wars, and it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show. The Jedi were legally bound by galactic law to remain neutral in all civil wars and internal power struggles unless the violence threatened to spread to other Republic worlds. All the experts agreed there was little chance of that happening. What is being done to your people is wrong. Med agreed, choosing his words carefully. I will do what I can to convince the King to stop his persecution of your people, but I cannot promise anything. Then why are you here? Galba demanded. Med hesitated. In the end, he decided that straightforward truth was the only recourse. A few weeks ago, one of your teams dug up a small tomb. Down is covered with old tombs, Galba replied. Centuries ago, we used to bury our dead, back before the nobility decided they would dig up the whole planet. There was a small cache of artifacts inside the tomb, Med continued. An amulet, a ring, some old parchment scrolls? Anything we dig up belongs to us! One of the miners shouted angrily. It's one of our oldest laws, Gelba confirmed. Even the royal family knows better than to try and violate it. My master believes those artifacts may be touched by the dark side, Med said. I must bring them back to our temple on Coruscant for safekeeping. Gelba glared at him with narrowed eyes but didn't speak. We will pay you, of course, Med added. You Jedi portray yourselves as guardians, champions of the weak and downtrodden. But you care more about a handful of gold trinkets than you do about the lives of men and women who are suffering. I will try to help you, Med promised. I will speak to the king on your behalf. But first, I must have those. He stopped abruptly the echo of his words still hanging in the cavern. Something's wrong. There was a sudden sickness in the pit of his stomach, a sense of impending danger. What? Galba demanded. What is it? A disturbance in the force, Med thought, his hand dropping to the lightsaber on his belt. Somebody's coming. Impossible. The sentries at the tunnel outside would have- <laughs> Galba's words were cut off by the unmistakable sound of a blaster's retort. She staggered back and fell to the ground, a smoking hole in her chest. With cries of alarm, the other miners scattered, scrambling for cover behind the rock formations that filled the cavern. Two of them didn't make it, felled by deadly, accurate shots that took them right between the shoulder blades. 
As we continue where we left off for Friday, we are in a cave on Dawn with Jedi Knight Med Tendar. He is there to negotiate between the Dawn ruling family and the rebel miners. At least that's what we're led to believe. But after a little bit more of the story, we find out that he is there to retrieve something. There were some dark side artifacts that were dug up on Dawn, and he was there to get them, which makes Gelba go off. She starts talking about the Jedi are no different than everyone else, but she really don't understand that the Jedi must follow the rules of the Republic. He cannot interfere with any planets that belong to the Republic unless they have broken a law. The rebels killed the crown prince, so now the king is killing the rebels. But the Republic doesn't get involved in civil disputes unless slavery or starving one's people is involved, which both are being done on dawn. So he says that he'll talk to the king. This is when his four senses go off. Then Gelba gets shot along with two other miners, and that's where this part comes to an end. Now on to the quote for this week, and it comes to us from Richard Daly. He said, life is an adventure. We get out of it what we put into it. Honestly, I live my life knowing that I only get out what I work for. That is all that is owed to me. So if I do 10 things today, then I'm going to do 11 tomorrow and 12 the day after that and so on. You don't have the luxury of wasting any of your time because there is no way to get that time back. You can't buy any more of it. Once it is gone, it is gone for good. So you must be diligent in the way that you use your time. Always use your time to progress yourself and your goals. There's nothing in this world that you can use as an excuse to waste your time. Okay, that's all I got for today. Join us tomorrow for the next part of the story. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Keen Eye Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs>